You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Alabama Athletics Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, your trusty if not talented host of the program, fresh from BamaOnline.com, where I serve as the senior analyst there for the website, which of course is a part of the 247sports.com network. The show is always brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier. Out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Tomorrow is a Wednesday. It is a July Wednesday at that. That means it is a gelato July Wednesday. Each and every hump day, each and every Wednesday in the month of July, you swing by Peterbrook Chocolatier, they're going to give you a free small cup of that outstanding gelato that they host there at Peterbrook Chocolatier. Joined, as always, on the program by executive producer Joe Gaither, who together we combine the form, the 60 bit of Woo! of Sports Talk Radio. Joe, how you doing on this Tuesday morning? Having a great day today. Happy to be here, Travis. How about yourself? Can't complain. You know, we're battling some Wi-Fi issues here. I think there is so much construction. I'm going to blame something else on the road construction. Those darn orange the cones. Theory. There's orange cones, man, and they're so deep in their impact. But we're making it happen. We're doing the best we can. But I think with the roads being torn up and with facilities being rearranged in certain areas of our fine city, and I get it, it's all for the sake of improvement, of progress, so I'm with it. But we just have to navigate the hurdles that come about with change. We'll do it. We'll be all right. We got Brett Beard coming up, by the way, here in just a little bit. Going to join us for our weekly segment, our tour of the Southeastern Conference and beyond with Brent Beard. I wonder if Brent Beard's a big uh, Yellowstone fan. You know, I said it yesterday. I've gotten into the Yellowstone show. You know, Kevin Costner, pretty good show. Set in Montana. Cowboys, modern-day Cowboys. Uh, good show. Kind of like the uh, wild, wild, modern West version of, say, Deadwood. Kind of Deadwood meets a modern-day Deadwood. Great show from the past on HBO. Meets 
sort of another great show from the past on HBO, The Sopranos. That's how I would describe Yellowstone. But Yellowstone's got the, uh, yeah, you'd like it. Yellowstone's got the chocolate lady in me. We watched three more episodes, season two last night. The only really criticism I had of the shows of the episodes we watched last night, season two there, there's a big bar fight scene, okay, in which the Yellowstone ranchers actually get some livestock involved in the in the barroom fight, which tells you it, it goes a little a little overboard with the Hollywood touch. But I can tell you this from uh, talking to the oldest out there, the oldest of our brood, Evan Ryer, lives out in Butte, Montana. They don't really fight in bar rooms out there or in bars, is what the report I've got back. Uh, apparently, if there is a, a riff in a bar or tavern, whatever, a lot of Irish pubs out there, you'd be surprised, especially in that Butte, Montana area, which was heavily settled by the Irish back in the... Uh, the mining rush days, whether it was gold, whether it was copper, mostly copper is what uh, that area is known for. But uh, the boys, when they have a tiff, okay, in the bars, they don't they don't just outright tear the bar apart, fight in the bar. There's actually a, a decorum. There's a, a protocol for uh, fights in bars out there. Apparently, uh, if there is a, a rift, the the two uh, involved will go out back. They take it out back, literally. And uh, there's actually areas behind <laughs> these bars in these towns like Butte, Missoula, maybe not Bozeman. Bozeman has become, Bozeman, Montana would surprise you, Joe Gaither. Bozeman, Montana has become like a smaller Nashville with so much of California and a, a lot of people with wealth and, and high income heading out to Bozeman from the West Coast. Uh, maybe not so much Bozeman, but certainly in Butte. If you got a problem with someone, you go out back. They got a back door on these bars. You go out back and you set. You literally settle it out back, and then the boys will come back in. And apparently, the winner of the of the fisticuffs uh, buys the loser a, a beer, and off they go. How about that, gentlemen, in every sense of the word? Two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. That is the Peterbrook Chocolate Here Studio Line. If you'd like to check in with us this morning. We'd love to hear from you again. We'll have Brent Beard coming up in just a little bit. A lot of college football topics to get with on him. Hope you're staying cool out there, man. Tell you who's staying busy, the HVAC man, huh? And gal. HVAC. The ACs getting taxed to the max in West Central Alabama here the last few days. Plenty of work for those folks. This is prime time for HVAC folks, isn't it? It's kind of like in my business, January, February, at least one time it was so heavy on recruiting leading up to the traditional signing day in early February, kind of like that. I think the HVAC folks uh, sweat a little bit more, though, than the folks in my industry this time of year. And then, of course, uh, you know, in April, March and April, you got the lead up for accountants to tax season. The chocolate lady has Valentine's Day there. In February, that's kind of where we're at with the uh, heating and cooling folks right now, trying to keep everybody in good spirits and uh, reasonably cool anyway with these exorbitant temperatures. Supposed to get up, what, into the low aughts today as far as heat index goes? Stay safe out there. Stay hydrated. I still got out for the morning walk, by the way. Got out for the morning walk, and I had to fire 
I've been a New Balance guy, okay? I'm going to give you a shoe review. I know that's what you're here for. Going to give you an athletic shoe review real quick before we head to Brent Beard. And I've been a New Balance guy for multiple decades now. You know? I know it's, you know, look, start with the dad jokes and the dad shoes and the mall walkers and all that. I'm not too the white with blue trim, all-out ball walkers yet by New Balance, okay? I'm still a 990s guy, you know, and have been for a long time. Well, they've come out with this new iteration of the 990, and best I can tell, these New Balance 990s that they've come out with, they're $50 more and half the support and comfort in this version of the 990. It's very disappointing. So I had to bench the 990s, and now I've jumped into these Brooks. A lot of folks like the Brooks running shoes. And i got to say, not exactly aesthetically pleasing, whoever designed the Brooks shoes. I think they were maybe once with uh, maybe Under Armour or Adidas. Not a good look all the time with the Brooks shoes, but uh, damn well put together. American-made, I believe, too, like New Balance. New Balance with these new 990s, pretty disappointing. Someone who won't disappoint is Brent Beard, and we're going to talk with him next when Southern Fried Sports returns on a Tuesday, presented by Peter Brooks Chocolatier on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Occasionally cloudy, the chance of a few scattered showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and early tonight. The high today, 94. Tonight's low, 73. Very similar weather tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers and thunderstorms during the day. The high, 93. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. Listen to the wind, to the wind of my soul Where I'll end up, well I think only God really knows I've sat upon the setting sun But never, 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 never I never wanted water once Never, never, never. Back with more of a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. The show brought to you in part by Houston Hydrocene, home of the Houston Rug Revival. 205-553-9460. That's the number to call right now. Going to get you in touch with the great folks there at Houston Hydrocene. From your carpet to your rugs to your upholstery, to your tile and grout cleaning. They're going to take great care of you. can attest to that personally. Casa de Ryer, in much better shape, having enlisted the services of Houston Hydrostein. 205-553-9460. Houston Hydrostein, quality work you can stand on. Let's head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line right now. Check in. With our good friend Brent Beard, who I know is excited because we've had all these preseason rankings, Brent. We've had all these top 25s. But I understand Phil still 
who has become pretty much the dean of these preseason college football mags, Phil has offered his opinion, Brent, on a top 25. Yes, Trav, good to be with you. Uh, and as Phil likes to do, and you know he gets a few controversial picks in here, I think just to make people talk a little bit, and you've got a Texas A&M team at five, I don't mean at 15, I mean at five, which to me is just almost staggering. And those those Florida Gators trap that have been around five, six, and seven in the previous magazines are at 13 uh, at this point, and Auburn at 19, Bama at three. But that A&M pick, that is way too high, and that, that, that Auburn pick that some will say, maybe they're about right or maybe a tad low. And that's the two things that grab your attention, I think. Phil is a big data guy. Just one look at his publication, and it's great from that standpoint. In terms of statistical data, historical data, everything you could want in terms of information. I don't get the sense that Phil pours over game tape, burning the midnight oil all that much, which is fine. But I guess there is a common denominator, and I guess Phil is a big believer in this too, and that's experience at the quarterback position. And when you look at his top five, top ten, or whatever, that's what you see. Uh, You see a lot of experience at the quarterback position, even with Alabama at three. Brent, I'm left to wonder, if we hadn't seen Mac Jones in those four starts last season, would Alabama still be as high as three in this preseason, you think? Or do you think maybe they'd be down a couple of slots? No, no, I I, I would agree with that, Trav. I, I think they would be down closer to uh, the bottom of the top ten instead of the top. I think it matters. And I, that's probably what Phil is sort of banking on with Kellen Mond. Yeah. Um, heading into what is essentially a fourth year as a starter out there at College Station in his third year with Jimbo Fisher, who has long been regarded as this quarterback whisperer of note. Uh, and, and this is the this is the, the, the final exam. You know, if, if Jimbo is the quarterback coach that we, we think he is and he has proven to be at times in the past, especially with Jameis Winston, um, it's got to show up this year, doesn't it? I mean, this is it. Yeah. Hey, hey Trav, how much – is this easier schedule play in here uh, also? Uh, yeah. Again, we, we don't all know what's going to happen, but there's no Clemson on that schedule uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I mean, just in the league, uh, Arkansas, Arlington, Mississippi State, and Auburn, and South Carolina, Ole Miss, Bandy, and then you end with Alabama and LSU. I mean, does that tell you like it does me? If they could win at Auburn, uh, they they very well could come into Tuscaloosa uh, with either zero losses or maybe one at the most. Yeah, and, and again, Bill is very much data-driven, and the data speaks to that very real possibility. But, you know, he also must see A&M winning the kind of games in November that historically it has not to ultimately be a top five team. Now, if we're, you know, if we're talking about 
a projection where you're looking at the end of a regular season and you've got Texas A&M uh, as a top five team at that point, you're you're expecting you know uh, s- some wins that have escaped that program and have resulted in probably the termination of Kevin Sumlin. No, possibly about it. November was just catastrophic for A&M there down the stretch of some time in College Station, but. Um, you know, it's uh, it's interesting to consider, though, now, because as you touched on, what is the schedule going to look like? And wanted to get your thoughts on that in the last three or four days, some of the rumblings and just the surreality of it that, you know, we're in a situation potentially where you've got ADs at the Power 5-ish level, and I'll include BYU in that. You know, I don't really yeah. – you look at BYU from a schedule perspective. BYU tries to schedule like a Notre Dame. Right, they don't they don't schedule, uh, you know, like a, a typical group of five. They don't schedule like a Sun Belt, you know. So, uh, again, just unprecedented what we're seeing here, and, and kind of wanted to get your temperature on what your expectation is right now for for what we might hear in the next couple of weeks when we hear from Greg Sankey and we have a better understanding of at least what Power Five football is going to attempt to do heading into the month of September. I think it's going to be a bunch of compromises, frankly. I would love to have a full season with with a full fan base. But, Trav, the reality of this thing is I, I just don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I think what they're going to do is something akin to, uh, uh, and we've seen a few examples of this, one from Tony Barnhart uh, earlier in the week, uh, about maybe starting October 1-ish uh, and then playing a game schedule and then to hopefully get in uh, a, a non-conference games, you'd have either a 7-2 or an 8-1. Now, that's kind of what I've heard and seen. Curious if you've seen the same uh, in that you would get your conference schedule in and hopefully they would be able to preserve the Florida, Florida States and the Kentuckys and Louisville's and Georgia, Georgia Tech and so forth. So uh, I, I think along with that, uh, some some pushback with the SEC championship game, which they could do. So, uh, again, uh, travel, I think what we hope we could get and what we will get this year will be two different things. Somewhere in the middle is what I'm thinking, yeah. you know, of all that. And I guess if you're Georgia, you would love to see the pushback to October 1st because you're supposed to come in here yeah. September the 19th. Right. And in a conference plus one, you know, there's a reality, there's a scenario we talked about this yesterday and also with the potential of BYU coming on early for Alabama. Alabama could have the benefit of a game before Georgia here in Tuscaloosa, whereas Georgia, in a scenario where it's a plus one, is going to keep Georgia Tech at the end of the year. Georgia, I guess, could be looking at opening the season here in Tuscaloosa. Uh, well, in Trump, they, they've got that Virginia game in Atlanta on Labor Day night, but I, but I don't think there's going to be uh, uh, the priority of that game for Georgia as much as it would the Tech game, although – to back up what you're saying, it would certainly help Georgia a lot 
uh, to play Virginia. Then they, five days later, they've got East Tennessee State, and then a week later, obviously Alabama. So uh, point, point well taken, or the conference, Trav, the conference could start the season on the 19th, uh, spacing out a little bit at this point, but but no doubt that, that I'm sure Georgia would love to have that Virginia game, wouldn't they? They would, but in a conference plus one, they're not going to be able to have it yeah. because they're going to have to keep tack, right? Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. not you're not going to in a plus one, you're not going to be able to say, well, we're keeping Virginia, but we're not playing tech this year. I mean, that's not that's that goes against the really one of the main principles of having a plus one, which is to preserve these rivalries. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And listen, people don't get this, uh, and they say, oh, it's just tech, uh, but, and, and we don't have to, and, and listen, you and I both know they have snickered at that game before, and they've come out with a, with, with an L, uh, and just about every Georgia coach is going through that at this point, uh, and I do think Jeff Collins is going to be doing a and has done a pretty good job recruiting with them, but but with that aside, yes, you if you've got a traditional game going on like that that you played for decades, you're going to keep it. And uh, Trev, there's also a lot of money involved in that game that people may not realize too. Good clean hate, I think they refer to that rivalry between. Uh... Tech in Georgia. And my guy, Paul Johnson, isn't around anymore to throw curveballs at the dogs with that triple option. And I agree with you. I think Jeff Collins is going to recruit the type of player to Tech, the quality of football player overall that you haven't seen in quite some time. But stylistically, schematically, going to play kind of right into Georgia's strengths and uh, trying to do what Georgia does in terms of X's and O's with what is still going to be a lesser sort of player, greater player, I'm afraid, um, for the for the Yellow Jackets. Talking with Brent Beard of College Sports Today. And First Coast News on a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports presented by Houston Hydrostein. Brent, what are you hearing down there in the state of Florida? I guess some decisions are being made at the high school levels now. Uh, we're hearing that Texas high school football at the upper classifications going to push back its start for the season to later in September. Georgia still with a very aggressive plan uh, to open play, I guess, that weekend of Labor Day. Hoover and Lowndes High School were set to play uh, later in August. It looks like that game could be impacted by the, the pushback for Georgia. Alabama, the AHSAA, expected to make a statement of some kind later in the week. What's going on in Florida? Because there had been a lot thrown around in regards to potential scenarios for that state, and obviously as impactful as it is, not only on the prep level, but in terms of producing uh, major college prospects. What, what's going on in Florida right now with high school football? They they basically had a uh, what seemed like it was an endless meeting on Zoom, traveled 1,500 people. Uh, participating in it, if you can imagine that. Uh, but they basically decided to keep what they were doing, which was, I think, the 27th of August uh, is kind of the date that they're looking at. Uh, but, but see, they, but they kind of kept their plan, but they're also leaving it up to uh, the individual districts 
And you know how things are around here. We've got Clay County and Nassau and Duval uh, and various counties who very well may do something that's going to be a little bit different uh, along that line, too. And, uh, and listen, I, I try, think about this a minute, Trav. Uh, was on with our, with our friend Bill Shanks this week uh, at, at a Macon, and he said for Georgia that that Georgia championship game uh, is actually going to be uh, travel after Christmas. If wow. you can believe that, yeah. Uh, so uh, it, now, now you know you understand the weather, what it could be up there uh, at this point. But but I mean they are uh, they're looking at uh, practice date on the twenty seventh play a full 10-game schedule, and then have like five weeks or so in order to do that. So, uh, yes, and they've delayed it a little bit. Uh, so in practice, still is being kind of uh, staggered somewhat because the truth of the matter is, uh, Trev, they still can't make them in their mind here uh, with all the, the, uh, the school districts when they actually want to start. So, yeah. uh, you know, that, that's the big issue here right now. It used to be the saying was you wanted to be practicing on Thanksgiving Day in high school Correct. football. That meant that you were moving along in the playoffs. In yeah. Georgia this year, you're going to want to be practicing on Christmas Day, apparently, really? uh, with the way that's going to uh, potentially play out anyway. And, and I've heard what you have in terms of the state of Florida, specifically that South Florida. Broward, Dade, right. counties that house high schools such as Miami Northwestern and Broward County, you're talking about Fort Lauderdale, St. Thomas Aquinas that has produced a couple of Alabama signees and commitments here in the last few years of note, Jordan Battle among those guys. There's talk that regardless of what the FHSAA says, those counties in South Florida are expecting to push back regardless. And yes. and and delay starts. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and Trav, listen, the other thing is, uh, uh, when in the world is this dead period going to end? Um, uh, also, with now at August 31st, there's been a lot of discussion lately, and I'm curious what you've heard. I, I wonder this year, and again, they've got to think out of the box with this and be flexible. Could we not have that? early signing period this year, Trav, and just have the one in February, and that, and that is it? There's been talk of that. Um, I, I think that could be hard to sort of change uh, at this point in the process. I'm sure you could do it, but um, you know, it looks like programs are proceeding in a way in which they're anticipating that early signing period. Just look at this rush by Alabama here in the last yeah. six to eight weeks for some more on that, but... Um, of course, Alabama has the benefit of, of, of kind of accelerating or, or sitting uh, still, idling. Uh, you know, unlike a lot of programs out there, it can adapt on the fly far easier than than a lot of these schools and these programs. Well, Brent, as always, we appreciate the time, my friend. We'll let you get out of here. Always great stuff with Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News. Thanks, Brent. My pleasure, bud. Talk to you next week. Take care. Sounds good. There he goes, Brent Beard, if you haven't already. Give Brent a follow on the Twitter, at Brent Beard, B-E-A-I-R-D. Yeah, Florida's going to be a little bit all over the place, it sounds like.
because as we talked about with Brent, you're talking about you talk about some of the very biggest powers in high school football, if not the biggest. The level of competition, for sure, in Broward and Dade County, as good as it is throughout the state of Florida, the high school football, it is another level on top of another level when you get into the Miami metropolitan area. You get up into Fort Lauderdale to the north. Just uh, entirely different, different level of football at the high school level. So we'll see what they do because they don't seem to be uh, exactly on board with the governing body there in Florida as far as getting things really going on the high school gridiron is concerned. We're going to head to a break. When we come back, more of Southern Fried Sports on a Tuesday. That video that Alabama football dropped with the new Sports Science Center over there at the Malmore Athletic Facility. Yeah, you talk about some recruiting pop. That locker room, you know it has it with potential recruits out there. But it's the stuff you don't see that resonates with some important folks in that decision-making process as well. We'll talk about that and more when Southern Fried Sports returns on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Everything to you. You say you want to start something new, and it's breaking my heart. You're leaving. Maybe I'm grieving. But if you want to leave, take good care. Hope you have a lot of nice things to wear. But then a lot of nice things turn bad out there. Born on this day in 1948, that gentleman right there, Yusuf Islam, better known as stage name, Cat Stevens. Cat Stevens turned 72 years old today, hence he is our playlist theme of the day on Southern Fried Sports. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you as I am each and every weekday from 11 a.m. until noon. Also part of that BamaOnline.com staff, which, by the way, today is a free VIP day on the 247sports.com network. So if you haven't subscribed already to your team coverage site of choice, check out all the VIP content, recruiting, team, all that stuff, free today at 247sports.com, and of course, right there with us at BamaOnline.com as well. 205-342-9904 is the Peter Brook Chocolate here. Studio line, if you'd like to jump on board with us, we'd love to hear from you. Is, Joe Gaith, are you a big chicken tenders guy? You big on the chicken tenders? I'll never turn down a chicken tender. I know. Bad. I just wonder, have we reached our chicken tender capacity? Certainly. In the city of Tuscaloosa. By the way, I mean, we absolutely welcome each and every quality 
uh, you know, outlet restaurant we can get. So Fusakli, welcome. Welcome to Tuscaloosa. What about the traffic jam to get into Fusakli? Yeah, were you in it? Were you, you know, up no, in the front? No way. No way, guy. Were you? Not a Did chance, but I know there were some yeah. people in this building that were. Actually, I well, think they were in the front of that line uh, before it got too long. <laughs> uh, using that Tide 100.9 street cred, you know, try to jump up in there. I, I love chicken tenders, too. I, I'm, I mean, you know, hot dogs, apple pie, baseball, chicken tenders. That's America, right? Um, but one thing we will do in Tuscaloosa is lose our collective minds Anytime something opens up. Remember the Whataburger phase we had? That was nuts. Every one of them were packed for the first, like, two months. It was crazy. Now you can roll through there, no problem. But that's what we do in Tuscaloosa. We lose our collective minds, man. We get really fired up. I'll tell you, though, Chick-fil-A sustains like no other, you know? I mean, the one in Northport off McFarland, it's absolutely, they could do traffic studies, global, you know, that have a global impact on how they make that thing work. And they do a great job, by the way, unsolicited here. Kudos to the folks at the Chick-fil-A in Northport because, I mean, it's like a, it's gotten to the point now where it's two lanes that wrap seven times around the building, you know. And we talk about some hot conditions. How about those folks out there in the, the drive-thru working with you to get your order? God bless those folks on days like today. But, man, we have uh, – we're chicken tendered up, man. You know, I remember when Guthrie's – remember when Guthrie's opened in Tuscaloosa nearly 30 years ago or so. You know, and that was just – oh, Guthrie's. That was when I was in school at Alabama. And I actually knew one of the Guthrie's, Hud Guthrie. Good dude. Guthrie's a big, big Auburn family, as I recall. And there was a time where you could pretty much find a Guthrie's in just about all the SEC towns. They had expanded into Athens, Auburn, I think Gainesville. You know, they were basically following the SEC footprint with those stores. My buddy Hud, by the way, he always took credit for that uh, dipping sauce at Guthrie's. He said that was his invention. Yeah. That's what he said anyway. I'm just telling you what he said. But, you know, the thing is, we got places like Southern Ale House. If I want chicken tenders and I don't have to wait, you know, an hour out on 15th Street to turn into this place or places. And, uh, you know, Southern Ale House, I can tell you that white meat chicken and uh, hand breaded and they make their own sauces right there. Yeah. Second. Can't go wrong with it. Yes. Exactly. They were out at the uh, the rodeo this past weekend. They had a little catering spot. The chicken tenders were a star. That's what I'm saying, man. You know, they can take care of you for that that chicken tender itch that you might have. You know, there's been an itch of late on the recruiting trail, as we've talked about here, for the Alabama football program. Alabama rocketing up the 24-7 sports composite ranking, sitting now at number two in the nation following a recruiting flurry from over the weekend that saw three of the top offensive linemen for the class of 2021 commit to the Crimson Tide. And the advantages, the benefits that a program like Alabama has, we saw that here in the last couple of days. How about that tweet 
a tweet of the new locker room there at the Malmore Athletic Facility as a part of the new Sports Science Center. Huh? Oh, the recruits love that stuff. You know who else, though, loves stuff like that? The What you didn't see in that little clip is what's going to sell parents on Alabama. And that's that setup that Jeff Allen and the medical staff and David Ballou and Dr. Matt Ray, the sports scientist, the mad sports scientist that Nick Saban has acquired now. That's what the parents are going to love. Everything you didn't see, they'll they'll like the locker room because Johnny's going to like the locker room. They're going to like all that. But it's the level of care that they're going to understand and be secure and knowing that their young person is going to receive That's the double sort of edged approach to that thing, you know. The recruits, the 18, 19-year-olds, man, they're going to love that locker room. Mama and daddy, grandpa, grandma, whoever, they're going to love the rest of that sports science center. It's going to make them feel good about putting their young person in the hands of Nick Saban and that staff. That's the other side of that. Speaking of the well-being of athletes, you know, the NFL today, oh, Jay Gate, Joe Gaither's interested in this. Um, the NFL going to start COVID-19 testing rookies starting today. And you know what you're going to hear about? You're going to hear about some positive tests. But I think there's one thing that MLB and the NBA have maybe taught us, and it's a positive sort of development here in the last month is that just because you're going to hear about multiple positive tests with NFL players in the coming days, things have sort of leveled out nicely, haven't they, for the NBA and MLB? Been able to maintain that sort of bubble around their own teams now. going to get interesting more so with MLB and NFL because you're going to be moving that bubble. You're going to be traveling teams in Major League Baseball. Not so much with the NBA set up, posted up in the paint, I guess you could say, right there in Orlando on that Disney complex. So a different dynamic from that perspective, but there have been sort of some positive developments in regards to the COVID-19 testing and the ability to trace and sort of keep that thing flat within those sports. And now we're going to see how NFL, how the NFL goes about it. Looks like the NFL owners and the NFL itself has been very receptive to the testing and protocol demands made by the NFL PA, by the players union. Uh, so that's been positive. Uh, there's still going to be some money to figure out here, though. Just like there was with Major League Baseball between the players' union and the owners. There's still going to be some of that to figure out. I think a big part of what's happened here in the last couple of days and what the players were really angling for altogether was the elimination totally of preseason football games in the NFL, and that's that's going to be the case this year. Is that going to be the case moving forward? No, because there's too much money in the preseason for the owners between ticket sales, which... Probably the biggest ripoff, you know, I know college football fans think of some of these non-conference fodder that they're forced to pay 
for on their season tickets, like the Tennessee Martins, like the Kent States, like the Georgia States, although don't tell Tennessee that about Georgia State, right? Georgia State just rolled into Neyland late last August, <laughs> took a big check and a W from the balls. But from from the Alabama perspective, you, you pretty much know what's going to happen in a game like that with Georgia State. Um, you know, Alabama fans, college football fans, they don't like paying for those games. But I think the NFL preseason is is maybe even more of a ripoff because at least at the college level, you know, the games vary in terms of ticket price, right? If, you know, the LSU game might be a $100 ticket, but Georgia State will be 25 something like that. Tennessee Martin would certainly be more of a 25-30. Whereas in the NFL, you're not only paying for those eight home games, you're paying for two preseason games each and every year. And there's no break in the ticket price. So the owners are going to try to keep the preseason in there for as long as they can. The players are at least going to try moving forward to get the the preseason schedule reduced to just two games instead of four and go from there. But that's where we're at with the NFL. But again, um, with the MLB cranking up and the NBA about to venture into its restart, got a lot of eyeballs on those sports. Golf has obviously been a part of that. NASCAR has been a part of it. But as far as team sports and similar dynamics in play, going to be a lot of eyeballs on MLB and NBA. It's it's been it's been progressively encouraging, I would say, with MLB and NBA. But once this thing really gets going for real in both those sports, we're going to have a much better understanding of exactly the level of success they are able to achieve. And you're going to have that with. Um, you know, the college sports. I think a lot of this, too, with the college sports sort of waiting it out uh, is not only to, to figure out the lay of the land in terms of protocol and the medical aspect of all this, but you know, you're know, you sort of taking your lead from, okay, what's the NFL's approach going to be to this uh, if you're college football? And then if you're high school football, you're kind of looking to the SEC. You know, if you're the AHSAA, you're, you're at least – giving consideration to what the SEC is going to do and your neighboring states are going to do. Uh, it kind of all ties in there. We're going to step aside for a final break. When we come back, more of Southern Fried Sports on a Tuesday. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com. Back with more right after this. Occasionally cloudy, the chance of a few scattered showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and early tonight. The high today, 94. Tonight's low, 73. Very similar weather tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers and thunderstorms during the day. The high, 93. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Thinking about the good things to come And I believe it could be Something good has begun Oh, I've been smiling lately Dreaming about the world at one And I believe it could be 
someday it's going to come. Cause out on the edge of darkness, there is a peace train. Or peace train, take this country, come take me home again. I've been smiling lately, thinking about the good things to come. And I believe it could be something good has begun. Back with more of a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Pride 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the 247sports.com network with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. You know, we asked, I think it was yesterday, Freddie Freeman going to be good to go for the Atlanta Braves coming up this weekend when the Major League Baseball season gets underway the 60 game major league baseball season with an expanded playoff uh set sail coming up uh this weekend i think freddie kind of answered that question last night was that an inner squad game i guess at truest park over there in atlanta freddie with a home run and a double yeah i think freddie's gonna be good to go that was a great sign for the atlanta braves um, we didn't get to this yesterday as much. We had Johnny, our pal from South Florida, call in. I touched on the pro golf on the cable from over the weekend. But really, from the Alabama perspective, the biggest news involved Davis Riley, former Alabama All-American. He's on that Corn Ferry Tour, which is the tour just below the PGA Tour. And Davis Riley, over the weekend, I covered this throughout the four days at BamaOnline.com. Davis Riley with his second win on the Corn Ferry Tour over the weekend out in San Antonio, now with two wins on the season, one win away with 11 events to go on the season on the Corn Ferry Tour, one win away for Davis Riley from the automatic promotion to the PGA Tour. Another Alabama player under J.C. Well headed to the PGA Tour. Regardless, it's going to happen. Davis Riley is going to be on the PGA Tour for the 2020-2021 season. Just a matter of when at this point, playing some really good golf. So is Lee Hodges, former Alabama player, also on that Corn Ferry Tour. He's inside that magical, the top 25 on the Corn Ferry Tour. Finish in the top 25 on that tour, you do get your playing privileges for the next season on the PGA Tour. So looking more and more like in addition to Davis Riley, you're going to be able to add Lee Hodges to that roster of Alabama players on the PGA Tour. It's it's a long list right now as it is. Um, obviously, Justin Thomas, Bud Cauley, saw both those guys over the weekend at the Memorial Tournament up there at Muirfield Village. Um, but Robbie Shelton, Michael Thompson. Now, Robbie Shelton and Michael Thompson are going to be in the field this week at the 3M Open up in Minnesota. JT and Cauley taking that weekend off, but a couple of Bama guys in that field. You know who else uh, is going to be playing on a pro golf tour this weekend? Tony Romo, former Dallas Cowboy quarterback. He's going to be playing at that Corn Ferry Tour stop in Springfield, Missouri, Tony, pretty good golfer. I think he was injured. I was watching that American Century Celebrity Championship out there in Tahoe, right, a couple weekends ago. 
you see that one each and every year on the NBC. Looks like Romo injured a wrist during that event. So we'll see if he's good to go this weekend against the big guys on the Corn Ferry Tour. You're also going to have Davis Riley in Springfield, Missouri, following that win in San Antonio. He's going to tee it back up, look to get that automatic promotion to the PGA Tour. Also, Trey Mullinex, former Alabama standout in that field on the Corn Ferry as as well. So uh, as we get out of here on a Tuesday, we remind you that the show is brought to you in part by Houston Hydrostein. Great friends of the program can be a great, great friend of you, of yours as well. And you can do that simply by giving them a phone call. Give them a phone call at 205-553-9460. Get them out to the house. Get them to do the rugs. Get them to do the carpet. Get them to do the upholstery, the tile, the grout, all of it. 205-553-9460. Locally owned, locally operated. Houston Hydra Steam, home of that Houston rug revival. You know what else we talk about on Tuesdays on the program, too, right? We talk about Heat Pizza Bar there at Government Plaza in downtown Tuscaloosa. Now, Tuesdays, it's takeout only. To go only at Heat Pizza Bar. But you can call them at 205-632-3282 and get the very best pizza you're going to find. Tuscaloosa or anywhere else, for that matter. It is a Tuesday, so that Thai chicken pizza at Heat Pizza Bar tonight, just 7 bucks for you. 205-632-3282. Joe Gaither, as always, just doing a stellar job of keeping the program at least somewhat between the ditches. Did we stay between the ditches today, Joe? You made it. We're still we're still uh, driving. We're still all right. Yeah, we're no not wrecks. exactly. We're not exactly. I guess a Tesla. You know, it, it, we don't. The, the show just it, it doesn't quite drive itself. You know, it still has to be a lot of care given into uh, into guiding the, the show here. But uh, you know, we we got through it once again. Always a lot of fun with Joe Gaither. Always a lot of fun with Brent Beard, who we appreciate joining us on the program as well. We appreciate you listening, and we'll do it again tomorrow. So until 11 a.m. on Wednesday. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody. The world as it is. Why must we go to Why can't we live in bliss? Because I'm on the edge of darkness. There rides a beast train. Peace train sounding louder. Ride on the peace train. Come on, the peace train. This peace train, oh, it rolls. Everyone jump on the peace train.